The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. We have Austin Price on the Irish Network's hotline. I know, right? Awesome! It is a couple minutes past the top of the hour. Austin Price's time is brought to you by Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center Studio. AP, good morning. Jason, do you know what today is? Today is Thursday, March the 3rd. It is Nico Eyal Maliava Day in Knoxville. This is true. He will be arriving later today. Uh, when? When? Know, what time? What time, man? We got we to gotta pull a coming to America at the airport. We got to be dropping rose petals next to his feet. No, no. No. Um, <laughs> no. The royal um, foot is clean, your highness. Today is moving day for my in-law. And so uh, my booked. sister-in-law, she's got... Uh, exactly. So I, I'm, I, that's what I tried to pull, but that that's not going to happen. So my sister-in-law, she's got a full diagnostic of the entire new house with a set of Crayolas that she's drawn to set up all the furniture. I mean, it's a, you know, it's it's a production. So that so you're saying that's what you're doing right now? Um, I am helping the best I can help, but I'm also trying to sneak out to the golf course since it's going to be 70 degrees. Don't y'all got interns over there at the Vault Quest that can that can do that for you? Sadly, no. All the all, all, all the guys we have are, are quality employees that are busy putting in work. We got Ben. He's Ben. Ben Ben's got a pack. He's got to get ready for the trip down to Houston. We'll get a little water burger while he's down there. Don't waste your time. Not a water water burger. Water burger. It's over. I never had it. Overrated. Don't waste your time. You can get it if you want to, but you're gonna realize it's, I'll get it to try it. It's nothing but the same burger you had yesterday, probably. It's overrated. Is Austin a fan? Austin, are you a fan? Uh, it's okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> I would rather, I'd rather, I'd rather have In and Out Burger. I'd probably rather have Pals. But again, like you know, it, Pals, Water Burger, In and Out Burger. It's one of those things that are kind of a cult following. Yeah, and like. It, love it you love it and if you don't then you just don't understand why everybody does love it correct correct uh, i would love to know who's gonna be the next wide receiver coach well i think it's down to two um you know mm. i said this yesterday on our board i you know i think it's down between Kerry dixon at georgia tech and then kelsey pope who's the in-house candidate and uh you know Kerry you look at you know the familiarity went out in the situation like this you know josh heifel interviewed kelsey pope at UCF before he hired uh, Cody Burns uh, and thought enough of him to bring him up here um, as a QC for a year. He knows the terminology. He knows who Kelsey Pope is as a person. Um, you know, the question is, is, does he feel like Kelsey Pope can go in a home and win over a family, win over a kid and recruit? I mean, that, I think that's the biggest thing. I don't think Josh Heupel has any questions about, you know, Kelsey Pope's ability to teach or develop, coach the position. I think it's more about just, you know, he's a, he's a bit unproven as a recruiter. But, hey, everybody starts somewhere. And so, you know, everybody loves Trooper Taylor. Everybody loves, you know, certain people that have been here over the years. Well, they had to start somewhere. Before Trooper Taylor was here, he was somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
you know, I, I know Kelsey Pope was at Gardner Webb two years ago. You know, he, he, he's still relatively young coach. Uh, who's not been, you know, at the quote big time schools, but you know, if you're hungry and you have an infectious personality and know how to develop relationships, a lot of that can kind of take care of itself. And you know, I, I would imagine he is a hungry coach, a hungry recruiter. Um, you just have there, there's always still going to be a learning curve of recruiting in this league versus recruiting where you've recruited before. Have, has Tennessee, in your opinion? Um, offered any other receiver coaches candidates um, yet, or they just kind of deciding who they are going to officially offer? Well, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I think they've had a lot of conversations. You know, I think Alex Gillish has been heavily involved, uh, you know, uh, in a lot of those conversations as the OC. And, you know, uh, Tennessee's talked to, Andre Coleman at Texas. They talked to, you know, Grant Hurd at Indiana. Obviously, we talked about David Johnson last week. Um, Love David. You know, because of a couple of guys that we talked about just a minute ago. So, you know, since he's talked to a, a, you know, a handful of candidates, you know, I think it's just about finding the right fit. And you know, if if you feel like you can get similar production out of Kelsey Pope that you're going to get out of any of the other candidates then maybe that's the play. We'll see. But I, I really think this is down to Kerry Dixon at Georgia Tech and Kelsey Pope being out candidate. Uh, Kerry Dixon, um, I've met him um, a couple of years ago. I think it was his first and second season there at Georgia Tech. He he did coach at Florida for three years. He coached the Gators for three years. He did. Yeah, between 15 and 17. Um, he's smooth, man. I, I, you know, I only met him one time and talked to him. Uh, he was smooth. He was cool. That's that's pretty much all I know about him. I, I didn't follow the, the receiver play at Georgia Tech, even though just Georgia Tech was just you know terrible across the board. It looks like because of their record, but there could be some development in there. I know they got some really good coaches um, coaching, but they just don't have enough dudes there. Um, so it's really hard to tell. Which, but I know I, I know Kerry Dixon. Yeah, I know. I mean, how, yeah. How does, how does Georgia Tech not have more success? I mean, it's Atlanta so has a million kids. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So I know Kerry Dixon, man. I, I, I'll be. Um, that's an interesting. That's an interesting candidate right there. Why do you think David Johnson in Tennessee didn't work out? At least it appears that's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be money. I mean, you know, DJ's making a, a big chunk down there at Florida State. Um, you know, it. it you know, it, again. Did you feel like that David Johnson or whoever you're talking to is going to give you a lot more than what, you know, another coach? Well, even if it's not Kelsey Pope, let's say it's, you know, let's say it's Dixon, you know, could, you know, if, if a coach is going to command 750 and you can get quality production of a guy for 450 and, and it's similar or, or basically the same, you know, or is it the right move to go with 450? You know, I, I'm just throwing out, like, these are not real numbers. I'm just throwing out, like, like when you look at that, you know, when coaches are making hires, that's what they look at. Like, you know, is this guy worth the money, you know, that he would command? And, you know, I, I you know, again, I don't know that to be totally true, but I also think that that's something that, you know, every coach goes through when they're trying to make a hire is, you know, balancing the budget you have and, 
think Danny White will give Josh Heifel ample money for his staff. So I don't think the money is necessarily an issue. But at the same time, you know, it, it's not smart to overpay for a guy if you can get, you know, the same production out of someone for less money. I think we um, we should know something about today and tomorrow, huh? Yeah, I mean, I would venture to say so. Now, technically, if they're going to promote Pope, they don't have to announce anything before junior day. They can just tell the recruits that are here, hey, this is going to be our guy. And they will find you out know. through the recruits. And they will find out through the recruits. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Awesome. What's the deal with Deshaun Bishop? Uh, do you think he's at the top of Tennessee's running board? And if he is – Kind of what? What's the holdup with him potentially jumping in the boat? Um, is he is he waiting on bigger offers, or what's the deal there? Because it seems like that that's been a really good relationship both ways since he has emerged on the scene. Isn't that your favorite kid, Ben? Yes, I'm a big Deshaun um, Bishop fan. Great football player. <laughs> uh, I know you do like this football player. It's hard to get on the phone. Um, yes. He, um, you know, I, I don't know if he's the top of the board. I, I, I think that would be inaccurate. But is he the is he is he the most realistic candidate? I, probably so. You know, I mean, Tennessee's going to swing at you know Trayon Webb. They're going to swing at you know Tony Rojas. See, Tony Rojas is interesting because he plays linebacker and running back, and Tennessee would take him at either position. If he wanted to come and play running back, he could come. They, they just think he's a football player. Um, get from Virginia. So, you know, Deshaun Bishop, I think he's just kind of taking things slow. You know, I don't think Tennessee's upset by that because they're recruiting other backs as well. And, um, you know, I think it's just letting it play out. I, I'm interested to see if he, if, he, if he camps a lot of places this summer because that's truly how he's going to get his name out there. I mean, he's getting ready for 3,000 yards and got little to no traction from it. Do you think he is a take, though? Do I think he would be a take if he wanted to come? Yeah. I, so, sorry, man. I need to go backwards on this wide receiver um, hire. <laughs> so, because because I want to know like how involved other assistant coaches are besides Heupel in this hire, um, particularly uh, Alex Golish, because you know he was he was a targeted for several OC jobs in the offseason. He's someone that may be a head coach in the future. You know, how how involved do you think Golish is here and how involved will Hype will let him be considering that he may like he may leave. Like he may go be a, a head coach next year and then take whoever he brings in with him to, to be his offense coordinator. So that's I mean, I'm thinking big picture here. So here in a year, Hypo may have to replace two assistant coaches if Golish is going to be allowed to make this hire solely by himself. Now, once I answer this off of this wide receivers question, are, are we moving on or are you going to triple back after Ben asks this next question? It depends on what comes to the brain. <laughs> um, I think Alex Gillish is very involved. I think he's super involved in, in this, and, and, and so have the other offensive coaches, you know, Gary Mack, Joey Halsley, Glenn Ellerby. You know, they all set in on these, uh, you know, conversations with these, you know, potential wide receiver coaches. And because, uh, I mean, you have to. That's the offensive side of the ball. Those mm-hmm. are going to work intricately 
Um, so it's not just Golish. I do think Golish is probably more involved than the rest. Um, but I, I don't believe it's just him. I think the entire offensive staff has been having conversations, um, you know, when when they've talked with different uh, candidates for the job. But I you am... bring up a good point. You bring up a good point. You know, if, if, if Golish has a huge say and then he gets a head job, who's to say he don't take that guy a year from now? It, it, it's a valid point. But it's also one of those things where, you know, you just got to hire the best guy. If the best guy, you know, for this next year's team ends up leaving you in a year to go be a, a, a coordinator, you know, in, you know for, 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 for a potential head coach at Alex Golish, you know, that, that happens all the time, and you just adjust and go make new hires. I agree. I am going to ask you about something other than the receiver's job, so Swain will have to triple back if, uh, if anything else pops into his brain never know man what what recruits are you looking out for this weekend being on campus for tennessee's junior day everybody's talking about nico 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 but in any volquester that read the the war room last friday austin there was an extensive list i mean there's gonna be a thousand kids on campus this weekend and and obviously don't expect you to name all of them because there's gonna be that many but who are the ones that that you're really interested in and keeping an eye on well, you know, I look at the realistic kids, and I'm not saying that the kids out of state aren't realistic, because you know they are. I mean, every kid's realistic this time of year. But like the ones that like you feel like you're positioned well with, you're right at the top of their list. You know, I'm looking at you know obviously Caleb Herring, that's a common sense one. But a guy like Justin Brown, you're gonna have you know you should have your new wide receivers coach here Saturday. The wide receiver from Blackman's coming over. Um, you know Christian Conyers from Bowling Green, Kentucky, corner. Um, you know, I think that that's big. Um, you know, in an effort to uh, you know try to cement yourself there. His family really likes Tennessee a lot. You know, so I, you know, I, I just go back to those top players that you know you have a good spot with. A guy like Nathan Robinson, who you know played last year at about two twenty, two twenty five, and currently weighs two sixty five. I mean, you saw him on his Twitter the other day. I don't know if anybody saw it, but he posted a video of him squatting 455, three sets of five at 455. I mean, he is, he, he has really gotten himself in, in, in really good shape. And, and you see a kid that's really kind of blossoming and uh, and really, you know, exploding from the standpoint of, like, you know, putting on 40 pounds a matter of a couple of months. So, you know, it will be interesting to see, you know, how the staff, you know, works some of these kids coming up Saturday. Um, but those are the ones I'm looking at. I mean, again, there are other kids. We talk about Tony Rojas, the big visit for Tennessee, trying to establish themselves as a major contender for him. You you, you have, you know, Jamal Jarrett, offensive lineman, highly regarded, recruited by everybody in the country coming in, out-of-state kid. But, you know, those are going to be dogfights. I'm not saying the kids in state won't be dogfights, but you're already at the top of their list or near the top of their list. Um, and, and that's why it's so important to really kind of just further build on you know the relationships you have this weekend and just how big of a weekend is it for nico in tennessee and his whole family being here you, you don't typically see a whole family come in for three full days getting here tonight i, I believe you mentioned and, and leaving monday just where where do you view nico's recruitment as he enters the weekend and, and 
just how important is it for Tennessee if, if they're going to have a legitimate shot at him? Well, I mean, it's huge. I think you'll know. Come, I mean, again, I'm not saying the fans or we will know, but I think the staff will know coming out of the weekend, you know, okay, we're deep in this. Okay, that just doesn't feel like it's going to work. You know, he probably, he probably ain't coming, you know. You know, I, I think they'll have a really good feel coming out of this, you know, three, four days here where, uh, you know, he's going to see Knoxville. He's going to you know, spend a lot of time with coaches. They're going to, you know, just do a lot of different stuff and, you know, kind of get a feel for the entire city, the people here, all of that. Because, you know, I mean, how this normally works with, you know, Polynesian families is, you know, they, they kind of follow, you know, I mean, and, you know, Nico's got several younger brothers and sisters and, you know, I don't think this is a situation where they're, you know, they, they may stay in California, but I think there's a real shot if Nico picks Tennessee or picks anywhere, picks Oregon, picks, you know, Alabama, that, you know, the family is somewhere close by. Not necessarily has to be in the town, but probably moves around the region somewhere. So I, I think that's, that's a realistic option, you know. So, I mean, I think it's important for them to kind of get a feel for the place. And, you know, and the mom – did not come the first time around. You know, she's battling cancer, and um, but she's going to be good enough to fly this time. So this is a big visit for her. You know, she did not visit back in November when the dad and his younger brother Madden um, came into town. You know, and and I think there's also going to be several of his uh, high school teammates uh, rolling into town as well. Um, you know, to to check out Tennessee. Any of his teammates offer worthy. Yeah, I mean, I look at a guy like Jordan Anderson. You know, he's not necessarily his teammate, but he's like his, you know, his close, close friend from out there in California. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Tennessee could potentially offer him this weekend. We'll see. You know, they've not offered to this point. Um, he's a 24 receiver, 2024. Okay. All right. Is the Oregon buzz real? Um, I, I think more than anything, you know, I, and I have the utmost respect for, you know, I mean, because everybody's going to base this off of Steve Wilfong's crystal ball. I have the utmost respect for Steve Wilfong. I think mean, he's, you know, if, if not the best, one of the top two or three guys in, in the business. Um, you know, but I mean, like, he's not infallible. I mean, like, you know, none of us are. I mean, recruiting changes literally. I mean, I could tell you countless stories of something that was done, and then an hour later, it had changed three times. Like it just, it, 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 that's what recruiting is. And so, um, you know, you, you look back at last year, I mean, Ty Simpson was crystal balled to Clemson until the day before he picked Alabama. So, I mean, that stuff, that stuff changes a lot. Um, I, I think Oregon's in it, but I think a lot of the, you know, the, the prediction there and some of that smoke comes out of the fact that, you know, He's cousins with uh, Tosh Lupoy, who's on the Oregon staff. And the Polynesian culture is much stronger in Oregon than it is at Alabama or Georgia or Tennessee or Ole Miss. Um, but the one thing that the dad and the family have continued to reiterate to several different people, whether it be me or others um, around the recruiting world, is they really desire to play in the SEC and, and have Nico in the best conference in America. So I go back to that. That's, that's been the common theme since I first spoke to the E.L. Maliavas in November and, you know, 
what they were telling people at seven on seven, you know, camps in Florida a couple of weeks ago. In, any updates on spring football start day or spring? It'll start the week of the twenty first, right after spring break. So you you have you know twelfth through the nineteenth is spring break, and then um, the the week of the twenty first will be the start of spring practice. So um, that's kind of where we're at. Don't foresee there being a spring game at this point. Um, things are going to be like a family day, and you know some stuff with recruiting, um, you know, potentially, uh, you know, somewhere on campus. But, you know, there'll, there'll be, I don't believe there'll be a spring game this year, even though Tessie's not officially announced that. Uh, so it's my turn to double back. You said who was the cousin of Tasha Poy? Nico. Oh, well, why, why is Tennessee bringing in Nico this weekend? Because we in the SEC, and that's where he wants to play. What? What's uh, what's Dante Moore up to today? Where, where's he going this weekend? I don't know, but that that ship seems like it's just slowly sailed away. Uh, well, what's Christopher Vizina up to he this wants, weekend? He, listen, Dante Moore wants to play in a dry, slow Big Ten. Let him play there. What's the um, kid from Birmingham doing, Vizina? No, Jaden Rashada. Jaden Rashada. Another Cali boy. California love. Come on down. Come on down. Anything else, Austin? Anything else going on? No, I just would like to um, remind my wife and sister-in-law who are listening right now to get my mother-in-law coffee as they head to the house for the final time over there in Morristown. Wow. Austin, uh, Nico company going to the basketball game Saturday? Yep. They'll be there. Yeah, let's get that chant. Let's get that chant going. Let's go. I, I, I'll tell you another one. Uh, another kid that's been real impressed by Tennessee fans. Hint, hint, Jason. Hint, hint. Um, uh, is the UCLA transfer, mm. uh, Mitchell Agood or Agude. I don't know how to say it. That's not one of those names that, you know, I need to ask. Um, but uh, he will, uh, he'll be at Washington this weekend, Oregon next weekend. Uh, Miami the weekend after that, and Tennessee will get the last visit that coming up um, the first weekend in April. So, damn, we got no basketball games. What about April? the uh, Vandy transfer? Any traction there? Uh, he, he 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 was in town March first. He'll good? take a couple more visits. I think Florida maybe another one, and I think he may come back here on an official. He oh, was man. here just unofficially. Um, he may come back here on an official in the month of April before he decides. But, you know, clearly his comments that his dad made were Tennessee wasn't even listed. Um, you know, the dad did not have an idea of, you know, what Tyler Steen really is looking at since the kid was here the first day that things opened back up. <laughs> is he good? That's important. There's, there's, a stigma, than- there's a stigma to being a Vanderbilt transfer. Well, sorry. the question is, Sorry, Corey. Is he better than what you have? That's it's all point. about improving. Good point. Good point. Good point. There. You don't, you don't got to be. You don't got to be a, a, a superstar. Is Just he be better, better than what you have? That's a good point. I think and I've made that. Are point. you improving? Are you in, are you improving your football team? That's all and that think, matters. And I, and I and I think Tennessee would be improving their football team. All right. Well, come on down. Come on down. We'll 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 get Ben to help move in. Let's go. All right. 
All right. Well, AP, man, um, it, it sounds like you are in a hurry to go help move. So we don't want to stop. I'm in no hurry. No, 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 no. We insist, man. We just don't want you to, you know, miss out on, on being a great family man and being a great brother and helping your sister move, man. We we would not want to get in the way of that. No, no, no helping my mother-in-law move. Mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. We we don't want to get in the way of that, man. Hey, we, even more important than a sister, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. We don't want you to get, get you in trouble with the wifey. We want you to be a great son-in-law. I already am. <laughs> You, you trying your best to get out of this movement, man. Hey, you can tell them you can do the rest of the show with us if that helps get you out of movement. I'm I'm down to help you out, Austin. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> oh, you boys are funny. <laughs> All right, AP man, we'll let you we'll let you get to it. Hey man, thanks so much for for joining us this morning. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate you. All right, see you, Jeff Morris, Keller Williams Realty, eight six five two five seven seven eight nine seven. If you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, shoot her email at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. We got to get Jennifer Morris on the horn with the Zieglers. We got to get them. She's too busy camped out behind right field at Lindsey Nelson. We got we to gotta get Ziegler a house here in Knoxville. You know, it's Silver's Market. It ain't cheap to get a house in Knoxville, but Jennifer Morris can get it done. She can get it done. Jennifer Morris, Killer Williams Realty. Thank you to Austin Price. For his time with us on the program, Hour 2 is brought to you by Action247. Use the promo code SWAINEVENT for your first deposit and receive a 50% match on your first deposit up to $800. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, stay with us. Be right back. Touchdown or turnover is up next on the Swain Event. Hey there, Swain Event fam. I've been thinking about other ways I can assist you with the real estate world. As you know, it's not just about buying, selling, and investing in new property today. It's also being a resource when you need a contractor or roofer. Or maybe you need a real estate attorney to assist with probate questions. Or maybe you have a family member in Alabama that needs a realtor to help them sell their home and get the heck out of there and back to Tennessee. All of these things and more are in my wheelhouse. So give me a call, Jennifer Morris, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols. In this day and age, the way we work is changing and evolving. Businesses still moving forward despite your work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. This is why Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business, no matter if it's in an office building or at your house. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier for Herman Miller, and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, lay out, and make recommendations. No project is too big or too small. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area or online at OFONOX.com. Or give them a call at 865-524-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters, providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, 
stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the MN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. Touchdown or Turnover is backed by Alcorton Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong. Touchdown or turnover, back by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, the place where you belong, better rates and better service. Let's go SEC basketball, man. Let's go SEC basketball. Is Alabama the most disappointing team in the SEC this year. The most disappointing team in the SEC is Alabama, touchdown or turnover. This is a team that last year was right there getting to the Final Four. That brought back the best backboard in the country. But right now, they're what, 19 and 11? They are, before the game yesterday, fifth place and got the doors blown off of them at home by Texas A&M. Ben, what you think, man? Alabama, most disappointing team in the SEC this year. I'll say touchdown, but I, I think you could also easily make the case for LSU. LSU has been very disappointing as well. I think it is Alabama and LSU. And I think just aside from this 
conversation, like it's probably equally both. But for the sake of just picking one for the sake of this conversation, I, I would pick Alabama uh, because they've had guys come back that have gotten worse. Like Javon Quinterly has been worse this season. Jaden Shackelford has been worse this season. And the freshmen that they brought in, that everybody was hyping up in the offseason, they ain't really done much. I don't think J.D. Davidson's had just a terrific year or Charles Bediaco. I don't think he's had a, a terrific year. They they kind of have their own version of Urosh and Miguel Rojas. He is what he is. Uh, I like Keon Ellis. I think he's a pretty good player. But, I mean, he he's not just a night and day difference maker for them. So I, I, I think when you combine the recruiting rankings and what they're doing right now and the fact that they, they still have holdovers from last season that have gotten worse, I do think that they're the biggest disappointment in the league. LSU is similar because they have similar recruiting classes on their roster, similar recruiting rankings on their roster. But LSU lost some really, really, really key pieces and, and didn't have a ton coming back from last year's team. I know Alabama lost Herb Jones and um, man with the dreads, John Petty, but and those are significant departures. Significant. Very significant. Once an NBA player, I'm sure Petty is overseas somewhere. Yeah, but I mean, LSU also lost some big-time players. Trenton Wofford, he's playing professionally right now. Javante Smart and his alien-looking forehead. He, he's moved on somewhere. Um, so LSU has some big-time losses as as well. And they, they had Adam Miles, an Illinois transfer, suffer a torn ACL before the season. And Tari Eason has become LSU's best player. But best this, player. this Adam Miles kid was supposed to be their best player. They, they've dealt with the Xavier Pinson injury. And, and Alabama's dealt with some injuries as well, but not key, key guys like LSU has. Uh, Noah Gurley, the Furman transfer, has been banged up this year. I believe he tours ACL. Uh, so they, they've had that to deal with. But LSU's been more injury plagued. So, yes, I say touchdown. I think it is Alabama. Yeah, I'm going to go touchdown too, man. Alabama's, you know, still right there in fifth place in the conference. But still, when you look at a team with, with arguably the best backcourt in the in the country, best backcourt duo in the country, and Nate Oates had to bench guys for lack of effort, lack of defense, that should never be an issue with a team that just made a Final Four run the year before. And you return some key players from that team. That should never be an issue. But it is, and it was in the last month for Alabama. So I would take Alabama as the most disappointing team in the SEC. That is a touchdown for me. Um, right now, the standings inside of the conference, Auburn's number one at 14-3. and three. Then you have a three-way tie with Tennessee, Kentucky, and Arkansas, 13-4. and four. Alabama, Florida, and South Carolina are all 9-8. and eight. LSU, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, 8-9. and nine. And Vanderbilt is 6-11. and 11. Ole Miss, 4-13. and 13. Missouri, 4-13. and 13. And then Georgia. I think Mississippi State has also been disappointing. I think they're in that conversation as well they, they should have been better this this year than what they were gotcha they they have legit players in my opinion iverson molinar also iverson molinar how do you get a 10 second violation with a game on the line when you're not even being pressured how mental how sway 
Mentals. We taking his time. Lackadaisical. Game is mental, man. Walking in the park, a 10-second violation against a top-five team in a tie game with two minutes left in the game. What are we doing? Yeah, I'm extra salty and emotional because he impacted Tennessee. He ruined Tennessee's chances of a a share at the SEC title, it looks like. Tennessee should should have beat Alabama. Blank you, Iverson Molinar. Tennessee should be Alabama early in the season. Dude. Yeah, it also would have been nice if uh, Kennedy Chandler and John Fulkerson didn't have COVID. Yeah, they should have been in a bubble. <laughs> they should have been in a We should have put him in a bubble, man. In a, in a bubble. It's funny because yeah. that week we were like, man, the two people we can't afford to not play is John Fulkerson and Kennedy Chandler. Folky had just had that big game against Arizona. The two people out against Alabama was Kennedy Chandler and John Fulkerson. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And we blew it late, which made it even more frustrating. Oh, man. I mean, Tennessee would be tough as first right now. So I, don't, I don't know what Mississippi State was doing at the end of that game. You had Iverson Molinar getting a 10-second a violation with yeah. the game on the line in a tie game, and then they airballed their final shot. You can't handle a name like Iverson playing like that. How do you airball a shot with the game on the line? God, I was mad. I like, you Bums. This is why you, you've you been relegated to Starkville, Mississippi. Because you suck at basketball. That's why. You you have to go play in Starkville because you suck. That's why. Tell Bunch us how you bums. feel, Ben. But, no, I, I do think State should have had a, a better year than than what they have had. They have some nice basketball. But Iverson Molinar, uh, Garrison Brooks, Tolu Smith. I mean, those, those are some decent ball players. Uh, not the, uh, oh, what's the big tall dude? Big, tall, lanky guy. I think he's from Chattanooga. Uh, Adu. Abdul Adu. Something like that. Uh, he's been banked up, which has hurt them as as well. He's a big-time rim protector. Arguably the best rim protector in the league. But he's been banked up. So that's been unfortunate for them. But Ben Hallen, man, just can't get over the hump. He's just been average in the SEC. Can't get over that, that average-ness in the league. Yeah. I mean, but, even when he had Quindary Weatherspoon and, and what was the other Weatherspoon? Nick Weatherspoon? I mean, that, that team should have been better than it was. But for Mississippi State, man, he, he is a upgrade from the previous coach, and he's a coach that went to a couple of different Final Fours. And he coached Russell Westbrook. He coached Russell, Russell Westbrook. I think any – do you have Kevin, Kevin Love, too? I think he had Kevin Love, too. I think so. 865-255-03. Man, good, good for Austin Price jumping on the program, man. Just so selfless. Not only did he answer, but he called us today. I know, right? That is that is awesome. Jack Roy says Abdullah do transfer. Well, then I'm thinking of somebody else because they have somebody that's hurt right now. That's a rim protector. The court in Starkville is one of the most hideous courts in college basketball. Yes, that in Oregon. Oregon's court's terrible. How are you going to be Nike and have a court that looks that ugly? Downtown Vol says... A lot of y'all keep saying that Alabama made a Final Four run or got close last year. They got beaten in Sweet 16. I haven't said that. They did make a Final Four run. Yeah, just because you lost in Sweet 16 doesn't mean you didn't make a Final Four run. They they lost by a possession or two. They were, at one point, a top-five team in the country. They did make a Final Four run. Just because they didn't get there doesn't mean they didn't make a run. Well, people view a Final Four run as making it to the Final Four. No. I would have said they played in the Final Four, but they made a Final Four run, just like Tennessee did 
but was at 18 when he lost by one possession to Purdue, and then Purdue lost by one possession to Virginia, and then Virginia beat Auburn by one possession. I mean, one play can make the difference between going to Sweet 16 and Final Four. It's still it's still a run that you made, a legitimate run, and you had every opportunity to, to be in that position. So that's why I call it a Final Four run rather than saying that Alabama was in the Final Four because they were not in the Final Four. Greg Askew and Nelson says Memphis – has the worst court. Yeah. It's not even close. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And they changed it. At first, it looked like a um, like a mail, mail part. Like the paint and the top of the key with a three-point line. Like It looked like a mail part at first. Then they changed it. Yeah. It, it doesn't look good. It does not look good at all. It, it, again, I, I said this months ago. It's, it's a shame that the greatness of Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies have to be tainted by the Memphis Tigers playing in that same arena. The FedEx Forum is a beautiful arena, and all the Tigers do is downgrade it. It's a shame that the, that the greatness of Ja Morant and the Grizzlies have to share that with the, the Tigers and their vegetable-looking having court. Yeah, it looked like a zucchini. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. At first, it, remember, they changed it. It looks like an eggplant. Yeah, yeah, they, cha- they changed it. They changed it. At first, it had the paint painted, and then they had the circle on top of the free throw line that connects to the top of the key and the three-point line. They had all that colored the same, and it did look like an eggplant. And then they changed the that area, uh, the semicircle area, uh, but the free throw line, they changed that color. So now it's just the 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 paint. The boom boom room is what Ron Slay would call it. That area, they just have that. That really was the boom boom room. Cor- correct. But yeah. what I don't get about Memphis's court, maybe I'm colorblind, but that ugly blue is not their blue. It's off blue. It's, it's it, hideous. It's hideous. It's, it's, it's not Memphis it's blue. It's hideous. But wouldn't expect anything less from a Penny Hardaway program. They just can't do anything right. Can't get right. I'm looking at Oregon's. I mean, Oregon's is not that bad. But Memphis is worse. Yeah. Memphis has the worst basketball court. You're right, guys. It's not close. Oregon's is bad, but Memphis's is the worst. I just don't, I don't understand the purpose of what Oregon has going on. Maybe there's some meaning. I mean, it uh, looks like a jungle or a creek or something. Is where it a pond for ducks? I guess. I guess it does not look great at all. No. The best looking court is the summit. Yes. Bias 100%. You know it. 865-255-03. Mississippi State actually put Start Vegas on their baseline. Jeez. Jeez. There's no way to make Starkville cool. Start Vegas doesn't make Starkville cool. At all. Still Starkville. I just, I'm, again, I say this all the time. I'm sorry for anybody that listens and is in Mississippi. I just have no desire to ever go to Mississippi. None. None whatsoever. I grew up traveling to Mississippi, visiting Mississippi all the time, it seemed like. I, and when I lived in Huntsville and I would drive to Memphis to go see my, my grandparents, go right through Corinth, and I was like, I am not stopping here. I'm gonna keep driving. There, there's nothing in Mississippi. I've been, I've been to Oxford, 
and the only cool thing about Oxford is is the campus. And it, it, that ain't even that cool. Yeah, that's not the only cool thing. Lane Kiffin is in paradise. 865-255-03. On campus. <laughs> it ain't Oxford, it's oh, campus. Yeah, true. 865-255-03. Hour 2 continues after this. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at swainevent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007. 42nd Street. Brand. Strategy. Design. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks. A Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Hour 3 of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. There are articles and news stories that you read about the things that people do. And when you're reading those and you start to shake your head, you start to scratch your head a little bit, you get confused. You don't understand why. You start to ask questions. But really, 
there's only one question that matters. What is that question you may ask? For what? It's beautiful. Beautiful here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Not even 9 o'clock and it's already 55 degrees. It's going to be a great weekend. Great weekend for some recruiting. Great, Great weekend for some baseball. Great weekend just for living life. Just period. It's going to be a great weekend here in East Tennessee. It is time for For What? What do we have, Ben? Yeah, just a quick, simple For What. And as I get ready to get on an airplane tomorrow, maybe I don't need to be reading this story. Uh, but I'm going to Chicatagua, New York, where a pilot was pulled from the cockpit of a JetBlue flight scheduled to depart from Buffalo International Airport on Wednesday morning because he was under the influence of alcohol. Mm-hmm. The Niagara Frontier Transportation Authority said the pilot had a blood alcohol content of 0.17%. A spokesperson said he has been identified as James... I'm not going to say his last name. Uh, 52 of Orlando, Florida. Uh, he was cooperative with the NFTA police. The spokesperson added it was not clear whether charges were pending as of Wednesday. Uh, JetBlue did not respond immediately to an email requesting comment. The incident caused a major delay for passengers on JetBlue Flight 2465, which was scheduled to leave Buffalo for Fort Lauderdale at 6.15 a.m but was held up more than four hours airport record show. The plane didn't take off until 10.25 a.m. and landed in Florida at 1.11 p.m. According to the Federal Aviation Administration rulebook, pilots may not use alcohol within eight hours of a flight and may not have a blood alcohol content above 0.04%. An FAA pamphlet on pilot safety summarizes the rule as eight hours... From bottle to throttle. Some airlines choose to set stricter rules for their employees. Uh, Another company, for example, reportedly changed its drinking cutoff for pilots to 12 hours before a flight. So this was pretty simple. A, you messed up everybody on that flight's day. And who knows what this flight being delayed and how it affected other flights throughout the U.S. Uh, But B... Why are you trying to fly drunk? Come on, man. You can't be doing that. Yeah, that's a big time for what, man? Yeah, pretty simple one. Pretty simple one there. 865-255-03, Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. I had Austin Price on the top of hour two at 8 o'clock. And um, looks like the, the two receiver coach candidates are Georgia Tech's receiver coach, um, Kerry Dixon who's in his third season there at Georgia Tech. Uh, coached three years with the Gators uh, from 2015-2017. And uh, Kelsey Pope, who is there right now, who was basically assistant assistant receiver coach last year uh, under, under Cody Burns. I've heard a lot of good things about Kelsey Pope. I know the players really, really um, connect with him. He, he is technically listed as a offensive analyst, but he worked heavily with the wide receiver. So 
his his background. Um, he got some connections to the great state of Alabama, where they produce some of the best high school players in college football history. You gonna say something, Ben? He said the great state of Alabama. Yeah, it's a great state when they produce in high school talent. No, what what you meant he is might be my cousin. The great city of Alabama. That's that's what you. I mean, uh, the great city of Huntsville. That's what you meant to say. He may be my cousin, man. Who knows? I know one thing. If you got he's about not, fifty-seven of them down around Talladega. That's way more than that. If he is not my cousin, he knows my family because <laughs> he is from Sylacauga, Alabama. Which is are there a bunch of Swains down there? Bruh, yes. That means that tells me Kelsey Pope country. Born and raised down there. He country. But um the 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 players have really connected with him and taken a liking to him. There's concerns for sure, but his recruiting experience. But everyone has to start from somewhere. In Tennessee right now, there's a lot of resources and tools that can help Kelsey Pope be a good recruiter. So that's the that's the the hesitancy that I have with with Kelsey Pope is the lack of experience recruiting. But if you if you can connect with human beings, you can recruit. You can recruit. And we've seen questionable recruiters come here to Tennessee and have more success recruiting in Tennessee because they're recruiting to Tennessee rather than the place that they you know, came from. So his lack of recruiting experience is a concern, but doesn't mean he can't be good. So Austin said those two candidates are out there in front, Kerry Dixon and Kelsey Pope. Four players competing in the NFL Combine starting today, going to the sixth. Bayless Jones, Junior, Matthew Butler, Kate Mays, and Alante Taylor. Y'all know how this works. First day is always the medical stuff where you go to the hospital, do, do, do all that stuff. You got the second day where you're lifting weights and doing the weigh-ins and all that good stuff and the mental evaluations and taking the one-to-lick test. And then your third, your third day is on the field work, and then you're out of there. So I just hope guys like Kay Mays is able to pass a lot of the medical hurdles that could be in front of him. I hope he passed that with flying colors. Uh, I know Alante had an injury late in the season that kept him from competing in the bowl game. I hope that he is fully healthy and there's no red flags there. And um, for Alante and Valus, man, I hope they tear it up at the combine. Matthew Butler shows off his athleticism as well. We need a nice showing from these four players at the NFL combine. So uh, I'm sure that that coverage will be on NFL Network. And um, it's always great when we get a chance to listen to the great Charles Davis, mm-hmm. who has been covering the combine for years and years and years. He was covering the combine when I was in the combine. So that I was ran a long time ago. Yeah, it was 07, yep. Almost two decades ago. Yep, I guess so. I ran I ran my 40 and saw him. He had a, he had his microphone. Well, he had his mic. I reported. I ran my 40. And I, I was like, what is it? And uh, he didn't want to tell me. Now I see why he didn't want to tell me. Was it 5-2? Man, it was close. It was close. It was a forever. 
But pro day time was a whole lot better. So that's all that. I guess that's all that matters. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Hour three coming up.